This is Colossus, and you're listening to The High Regard Show. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is The High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, don't get better than that. Nope, sir. The things we do for you listeners. Press buttons like a sausage-fingered freak. We don't listen to Tom talk enough. Oh, please. I got a hot mic here. Shit, mother... The only things that count is if I say them on air. Otherwise, they don't count. Well, that's a good thing, considering Welcome to all the show. things considered. Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to this week's High Regard Show, everyone. Yes, we, we shot out of a cannon, but luckily I didn't hit the go button. Before, uh... <laughs> luckily, Tom thought before putting his finger on the button. <laughs> well, not everyone could say that. <laughs> so uh, here we are again. Show 119. 119 shows, people. Damn, man. I've been doing this too long already. That's apparently. like 100 years by my calculations. And, you know, i got to say, it's interesting to see how from when the show started to where it has gone to almost the 120th show with the broad array of topics. And it feels like it's taken 120 shows to get kind of focused almost. Which is, yeah, I mean, which is kind of ironic, considering yeah. that, like, some of the things we're focusing on historically are looked at as things that, you know, aren't things are that people... Taboo. Yeah, that are a little taboo. And, I mean, we called this the High Regard Show for a reason. Well, honestly, in the beginning, it was, like, the things that we held in high regard. And we thought it was kind of a funny play on words mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then as time went on, it was kind of like, man, there's a whole bunch of people out there who are going to listen to it because they're going to have a different take on what the High Regard show might mean. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess everything just rears its true self. Yeah, and you find your footing. Right, yeah. And you find your footing and you realize the things that you do want to focus on because I think, you know, anybody doing a passion project kind of like we do with this, you know, it's a whole second job for both of us, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's not necessarily how we always want to be spending all weekends. No, for sure, for sure. And, you know, it's just something that, you know, if we're going to dedicate so much of our lives to it, it needs to be something that, like, you know, we can benefit from, too. Like, it's like, we're because we don't want to ever mail in content. Right. You know, and I don't think we do that because we continue to find, because we're curious, we're curious like the cat, mm-hmm. and we just continue to find things that we, like, are interested in and want to learn more about and want to focus on because it's stuff that directly correlates with what we're going through, which, you know, are your health issues and just life in general, you know? Right. And, and I would say that in a lot of cases... Um, you know, when we set up an interview or something like that, we always, always hope for the best. It, you know, we can't always control, like, how the interviews are going to come out and stuff like that. And we try to make the best out of those shows. But it's sometimes when we are in the middle of doing something, it's like, I don't know, man. You know, like, it's like you go into work and you have a project and you want to give it your all all the time. But sometimes you're just like going, man, like this is not necessarily the subject that I want Where to Where are into. you going with this? What I'm going with this is that I just feel like right now that. We're we on a stride. Very, we're very passionate about the subject matter that we've been covering because it has. And what been subject so matter is that, Tom? Weed. 
Weed has been the thing. I feel like it's the thing that, like, it's the cure-all for everyone. It's what's been really tying the High Regard show together. Everyone loves everybody, really, is what it comes down to. And I feel like weed's the only way we're going to get there at this point in time. E-L-E. Yes. So why don't we get into a you heard to start and then bring on another fantastic guest about this very topic. Sounds like a date. All right. You heard? So this week's You Heard comes to us from the downtown D train between 145th Street and 135th Street. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is ten, which is a span of ten blocks that can take thirty-five minutes sometimes, depending on what the MTA is doing that day. You ain't kidding. We had to install Adobe on my computer because it wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> now, in our household, we do love Adobe. We do mostly we, on pork. We do love Adobe <laughs> on pork, and we also love. Adobe <laughs> on your computer to get done all the things we need to be getting done. So we could afford pork. So we could afford the pork. On. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it was just so funny that day because this woman was talking about her just issues that she's been having with her computer. And like it went on for just like minutes and minutes. And then she's like, we just had to put Adobe on my computer. And I was just like, I love this <laughs> and it kind of goes with today because we had some technical difficulties of our own this morning so this whole week we've had technical difficulties yes we have like our internet has been just garbage the last couple days for some freaking reason and it's just been like outage after outage and it's just like hello net neutrality have you come early <laughs> exactly either that or why a problems or whatever it is i mean but you know thankfully we're back up and running Yes, so I thought that it was kind of just funny that I did this today because there was a bit of a freak out about the internet not working again today. And do you know who will like get you know a lot out of that little anecdote that you just shared? With who? Our guest. Well, then let's get to it because obviously this is Tom rushing me right along. Oh, okay. So why don't you tell us about this guest that is very good and that you're very excited to share with the world, Tom? It's absolutely true. So, (laughs) again, (laughs) well, what is? So, again, we, um, you know, going back to, like, our situation with our Potsy segment, we've been talking a lot about, like, medicinal marijuana. Because of, you know... Because Tom is a card-carrying member of the medicinal militia now. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, the weird thing is, is that, you know, when we talk about the Potsy segments and stuff like that, we're usually only focusing on that particular syndrome. Right. And, you know, I feel like when we do segments like on cannabis, like... It's so much broader that it's not necessarily confined to, 
like POTS syndrome, which is right. what I personally use it for. But as we're going to find out in our um, speaking with um, a woman named Erin Sayer, who Erin uh, Sayer, who lives in uh, Minnesota, Minnesota. Uh, I met her in a um, cannabis food group. Yes, um, an edibles group on Facebook. And we were going back and forth like a little bit, and she was telling me about like her history with working with older people in her area, mm-hmm. and like, like older people, you know, like people like, like our parents' age, kind of yeah. like in their sixties and 50, like late fifties and sixties. Yeah, okay, absolutely. And um, you know, it started out where we were just kind of talking a little bit about like in the recipe group and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. then it got into like who you're helping, and then it was you know it made sense to bring somebody like this on, right? Because, you know, the the one thing I think that a lot of people don't realize is the span. And I keep bringing this up every time we <laughs> have a subject on, you know, as marijuana as a subject on the show. It's a constant thing of like, you don't realize it's not like, you know, these 16 year old kids hanging out like, you know, at the handball court. Right. Or, like, beh- or behind the circle K. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, you know, it's weird. I feel like if you were a cannabis smoker and you've done this like in high school or something like that, chances are wherever your first experience was Mm -hmm. is where you picture everyone else to be. (laughs) It's weird. Like, I, I don't know. Like when I picture people getting high, I still picture people getting high, you know, behind like a handball court or by a 7-Eleven or something like that as opposed to just sitting in their living room or being like, you know, at like a dispensary and getting stuff. Right. Like, it, okay. It's just so weird that it has changed so much over time. And um, in talking to Erin, she was telling me about like the people that she helps and how they're a little bit older. And I'm always fascinated by like who else is using right, it. Right, because gener- general generationally excuse me generationally had to walk myself through that you know there is such a stigma against it because which is weird because our parents you know came from the 60s you know where free love and you know just kind of being yourself however that may be was kind of celebrated or like that was the early that was like the start of like this is what I believe in this is what I'm going to do like that movement toward just me like just you be you I'm gonna be me let's just do what we do yeah you know so it's weird that like as you when you get older you shift where like i found that like i've mellowed a lot as i've gotten older like well <laughs> i'm well pickled is what i should say all right that sounds better <laughs> <laughs> i'm well herbed <laughs> <laughs> well that is true <laughs> but you know the thing with what erin is is that she's not a she's not like when we talked to sage a couple of weeks ago where she's like a medical like almost like a medical expert mm-hmm. in her field Erin is a person that's like on the front lines doing what she can for people who need it. And it, it, she is like a person who is just taken up the cause. She knows it works for her. Mm-hmm. She realizes that it can work for other people. And she's right. out there trying to make a difference, not because it's benefiting her and she's not getting like a ton of money from this. I mean, she's making it affordable for people who need it. And she's actually out there helping people. Right, exactly. And I mean, should we get into the interview perhaps and then kind of touch base? I think we should roll that fabulous bean footage right now. Then roll it. (laughs) 
Hello. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So why don't we start with talking a little bit about, like, how did you get involved with cooking with cannabis? Well, uh, I started when I was in my 20s. I'm in my 40s now. Okay. Uh, and just as, like, something fun to do. And <sighs> I made a pan of brownies and we all had a awesome time. <laughs> I was like, I got to do this more. And then um, when I got, uh, I don't know, about ten, five, ten years ago, mm -hmm. I started realizing how beneficial it was for people with issues. Okay. Instead of just getting high. Right. And and then I realized how ridiculous it is about all this prohibition <laughs> and and I mean the whole big pharma issue and how it feels like they're just trying to control us and only sell drugs that they produce yep. that have a lot of side effects that are often worse than the original uh, problem that they have yeah, definitely. And, and it, there's like so few side effects that last with marijuana and like so many things that it helps. Oh, uh, absolutely. It just seems, you know, it just, it's like a wonder drug. Oh, yeah. And it's like everyone should be able to grow it and have access to it and make their own medicine. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole point of, like, the shows that we've been doing um, lately, been trying to just get awareness out as far as, you know, what's actually happening. I feel like that what's really happening here is farmers trying to figure out a way to make money on it before they figure out if they're going to legalize it or not. Because if they're not, there's no point of legalizing it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, in the beginning, before st before you started cooking your marijuana use was more recreational than medical? Yes, yes. All right. As a young kid, I was a big fish head and <laughs> you know, Grateful Dead. And there's a band, Umphreys McGee, that was my, they were my friends in college, and um, they're a big jam band. Nice. And, yeah, it was sort of the culture. Um, sort of, you know, it was kind of going against the the man and being a rebel. <laughs> of course. Of course. And it was the perfect way to, to you know, uh, stand up and be my own per I don't know how to explain it, but it was perfect for me in college. And uh, I never felt any negative consequences from it. And, you know, you'd hear that throughout your whole life, how bad it is, and it's a gateway drug, and... Uh, and it'll make you stupid and all of that. And I graduated college perfectly fine. Uh, and I was, you know, I had a lot of fun. So <laughs> yeah, but that all of that was such BS. And it's absolutely crazy about what some of the people, because I mean, you're you're in, you're about the same age I am, and it's crazy what other people missed out on during the college experience. I would say. Because they were just waiting for the bad things to happen, and it just never really came to fruition. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and everyone says, "Oh, smoking weed will cause lung cancer and all this," and I'm like, "Well, gosh, think about all the 
consumers that have been doing it for years and they're fine. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like their own guinea pigs, you know. Now here's another question: because we are the same age, uh, now do you notice a difference today compared to when we were younger? Because I feel like when we were younger, you would just kind of like you know, well, here in New York, you would go into a bodega and they would throw down three dime bags on a table, you'd slide a 10 across, you'd take one of them, you'd walk out and that would be the end of it. No strains, no names, no sativa, indica, hybrids, anything like that. Now today there's so many choices. Do you miss the days of old weed? <laughs> no. No? No. I, I remember the, the weed we would get and it would be so hard to get it and it would be have beans in it and fry and brown and and then I would run out and I would scrape all my bowls you know the resin <laughs> and it was so it was so ridiculous and once we started uh, becoming friends with people that grew or whatever and getting actual really nice bud we were like whoa this is a whole different ball game. <laughs> It's just so strange to me now. People can smoke and not fall asleep. Like right. back in the old days, you used to, you know, it used to be like the nighttime remedy. You would take it, you'd, you know, get couch locked or pass out for a couple of hours. Now you might take something like along the lines of green crack and you're cleaning the house for the next two hours. So true. I, I just <laughs> made some tincture from Candyland. Okay. <laughs> which is a strain that I've really come to love. And it's 70% sativa, and there's a land race mother in there. <laughs> and uh, it, God, I had some the other day, and I felt like I was on Adderall <laughs> for basically the whole day. And I was just like, wow, this is nuts. Like how, but yeah, it's completely different. Than, it's and I couldn't sleep at all. So it's not good for sleeping <laughs> that strain, at least, but it's great for the daytime. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing is that, you know, back, like I said, in the old days, you'd open up, like, an old film canister or something like that and pull out whatever you yeah. got and take a nap for two hours. Now it's, you might get your house yeah. cleaned. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and what I love now, um, and even in a legal state, you can find a lot of concentrates. And I really, really love all of the new fun, like rosin, and um, I love the bubble hash, and um, it's to me it's like trying those real terpy, beautiful um, extracts has been really fun for me. Neat. See, I've I've yet to do like any of that. My um, my experience was, you know, very open. In you know the younger ages, and then kind of like got away from it, and then got into some medical issues. Um, started smoking because the doctor told me it would be a good idea, and then uh, eventually getting a legal card here in New York. And mm -hmm. now here in this state, in in our clinics, we only have um, like those things that you were talking about. We have like tincture mm -hmm. and spray, and but no flowers at all. Which is strange. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't understand that at all. I think it's because they don't want people to make their own concentrates or something. Um. Yeah, because they make it very, very expensive. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's absolutely insane, the prices that they charge. And 
And again, it goes back to what can pharma make out of it, it seems like, because, you know, it's kind of like you can buy a seed for five bucks, but, you know, you can yeah. buy 15 milliliters of tincture for 280 bucks. So Right. I know. It's so stupid. Well, and it, it's uh, our medical program here in Minnesota is ridiculous. There's only like maybe 12 problems that you can have. Like, and you have to be a year away from dying. Oh, my you have God. Cancer. Yeah, isn't that silly? Which and, is strange because you have the Mayo Clinic there, and you would think it would be so much more open because of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's crazy to me that medical professionals aren't fully on board and and are still skeptical. Yeah, and you know, I'm wondering if that's also an age thing, too, because I feel like a lot of younger doctors that are coming out are for it, but the doctors who've been around for a long time, the ones who are making the decisions in the hospitals and the, the medical facilities, they're the ones who are against it, which are kind of holding it up. Right, and the medical companies, I mean, the pharma companies that are making, like, Marinol or these weird... TH, like these uh, artificial THC, how do they think that that is better than real THC or you know, actual? <laughs> I just don't get it. Aside <laughs> from like, regulation. Oh, that, like, schedule three or whatever. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, it's just the, the whole system of trying to figure out the legalization of this has been absolutely insane. Yeah, and, you know, I'm kind of... Right now, it's great in Minnesota for me because it's decriminalized. So if I ever get caught doing anything, it's slap on the wrist. But if it's legal, I would have to get a license and do all this stuff right? in order to be legal, which I probably wouldn't be able to. And it would be thousands of dollars. So yeah. for me right now, it's kind of good that it's illegal in Minnesota. Right. Because I can make medicine for people and it's much cheaper. Um, and I just don't see, and now we see in California, they don't even have, they, they just, they don't have high potency edibles, even for the medical people. Well, that's, I I know you said you had listened to it and that's the thing when we were talking to Sage a couple of weeks ago and she was saying like her biggest fear is if they reschedule to a schedule two drug, what's going to wind up happening is they're going to be able to reduce the amount of THC or CBD in the edibles that they're giving in the um, dispensaries. Mm-hmm. And, and once that happens, it's kind of like, well, now you're taking all of the medical benefit away from it. And what's yep. the point at that point in time? Yeah, because a lot of these people need super high potency to get any relief. Yeah. And the reason, you know, what really bothers me is there's like these idiots that don't know anything about edibles and then even the dispensaries are complicit in not telling these people that they should only eat a certain amount maybe they do but the people don't listen to them or whatever and then they clean out and they have to go to the doctor yeah. the emergency room and those are the ones that are screwing it for everyone else yeah and and you know you know their thing is they want to see how high they can get how fast so they can go tell all their friends <laughs> yeah, i know and every single person i know that's done edibles has had that and has had that uh, happen to them where they do too much. And then a lot of people get scared. They don't want to ever do it again. And they never get to experience what a nice little high is like or the medicinal benefits of it because they're afraid of it. Right. 
but it's a so, great story for the people working in the hospital when those people come in. <laughs> I know, but it's, it gives it a bad name, and everyone's like, oh, edibles are bad, you know? Yeah, well, so. people are going to say it no matter what because they're just so uneducated about, like, what can come from this. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, like, when we were going back and forth uh, through text, you were saying that you mostly work with older individuals. Mm-hmm. What kind of benefits have you seen for them, you know, through the products that you've been supplying for them so far? Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. Every single person that I work with, the first time they tried it, mm-hmm. they were amazed at the relief they got. That's awesome. Which it is. Like, I have, I have a bunch of older adults that are in pain that have issues from years ago and they've been on opioids and sleeping meds because a lot of times they can't sleep when they have pain Mm -hmm. and those then make you totally (laughs) constipated and you know they of course opioids have so many bad and you can die from them oh yeah absolutely and then you get addicted and you need i mean it's the whole thing is horrible and of course some people need them Right. But they're obviously being abused. And um, so anyway, the the adults that I work with, they won't like some will say, oh, you know, I, I can't sleep at all. And and when I I'll give them either tincture or gummies, I make and I make um, brownies for some people. Everyone has their thing they like. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, pain medit. Med- I I make pain cream too. Even the pain cream works. And they're like, I haven't slept that well. I have anxiety people too. Oh wow. Which yeah, and the anxiety is nuts. This one guy was he was so worked up, and he couldn't afford his anxiety meds, and he hadn't slept in weeks. He was like shaking. His whole body was just sort of shutting down. And he posted a thing on Facebook, and a friend of mine was like, you need to meet Aaron. And so I brought him some tincture, and he said that all of his symptoms went away, and he was able to sleep for a full 12 hours. Wow. For the first time in, like, two months. Yeah. I've got, like, three anxiety people that are amazed by it. And then I've got an MS woman that I work with that is in a wheelchair. She can't use her hands or anything. Okay. And that, I've been working with her for at least five years now. Wow. And and she hasn't had a relapse or, you know, a, you know when MS like flares up? Yeah. And then, what, then you lose slowly. Every time you get a flare up, you lose some kind of ability. And so her flare ups have been totally reduced. She's been able to go off like 10 different meds. Wow. And a lot of those meds are treating side effects for uh, from other medication. <laughs> it and makes sense so, in someone's head. <laughs> and so she's able to sleep. She's able – and what's one thing that's weird about uh, her about her experience is that it helps her regulate the time that she pees. Okay. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's... It's such a random thing, but it's so important for someone that can't go by themselves, and they need someone to help them, and she has to be cast every time. And so sometimes, so she needs to have a schedule. 
Right. And she knows like an hour after she takes her little, she takes maybe three milligrams per time. Okay. Uh, and then she knows exactly when she's going to have to pee. Wow. And it, it really helps her. So, you know, just that little thing helps her so much. That is awesome. Yeah, I know. And I don't know the mechanism of it or anything, but I I, I feel like weed is um, sort of like a cures what ails you. It, it seems like it. Because I feel like yeah. people who take it, they have the most random things that they can turn around and be like, going, you know, I wasn't expecting this to be, I wasn't even taking it for this reason, but it fixed right. this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and now that it, what I love is, um, so the the older folks I work with that are in their 70s and 80s, they, a lot of them work at this antique shop. Okay. It's really, it's an awesome antique shop. Everyone there is cool. <laughs> And the, well, you're getting I, them all high. Of course, they're cool. <laughs> yeah, no, but they really don't get high. Like, I don't think any of them eat enough to get high. Right, right. But it definitely relaxes them, and they um, they have a good old time. But it, I, I go there once a week and drop off. I have got my little bags of stuff for them, and they're all like, "Oh, you're here!" <laughs> you know, so it's so fun. They love it. <laughs> that is awesome. Do you have, is there a product that specifically does better than other products or do you find that it's more of the variety of product depending on the patient? Well, okay. So since I'm in an illegal state, I make tincture. Mm -hmm. So I take whatever weed I can find and then make a really potent tincture. And then I use that to make everything else. So the product is basically the same. It just, the uh, vehicle is different. So, like, if I make gummies, there's no fat in them. Okay. And they will come on really strong, and then they'll last for, like, four hours. Wow. And that'll be it. And then, but if you have a, one with fat, mm-hmm. it'll last for eight hours. Oh, wow. It'll, it'll take longer to come on. So, yeah, there's definitely... Uh, difference in that way but not the actual medicine does that make sense yeah no absolutely because i i I understand how it's absorbed and stuff like that but um what are you using as far as fat to cook with oh i use everything um i i use coconut oil butter olive oil uh, mct um those are the fats i use mostly nice and then um, the, I use Everclear for my extraction. Okay. And then, and, uh, and then that's in the tincture, too. And then I, when I make gummies, I put vegetable glycerin. I, I infuse vegetable glycerin, glycerin with tincture. Boil off the alcohol. Very cool. Yeah. So those are the... Yeah, it's... The, a friend of mine came over the other day, and we, we made, like... Yeah, coconut, butter, olive oil, gummies, and brownies. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, I love teaching people how to do that, too, so they can do it themselves. That is awesome. That is really great. Now, with the way things are currently, and and I know, like, right now we're in a very bizarre shift because here we were we're a country moving towards what seems like the possibility of legalization um you got like 
I would say, what are they? I think I read yesterday or the day before yesterday, you know, we're in the high teens as far as states that have somehow legalized, whether it be for recreational or medicinal. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks ago, everybody is just blindsided by what could possibly be new regulations coming down. Um, yep. What are your thoughts about the future of legalization in the current administration right now? Oh, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen with that. Okay. And I feel like the, the administration, I feel like the whole Jeff Sessions thing might be good because it's a, it might be a backlash and people really wanting to hold on to those state rights. Right, yep. Um, and, and as we've seen, a couple new states since then have either made it legal or, or medical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's, they realize that that's an actual threat and they're going to have to do something to like block that or, you know, them from messing with the industry. But I, I feel like it's such a huge industry that, that I just don't see that actually happening where they would shut things down. But, um, there's going to be, there's just so much regulation, um, that isn't, doesn't make sense, especially in the medical states. And then even in states that legalize recreationally and then get rid of their medical programs, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, there needs to be, like, to have, and in Canada, this is going to happen, they they are going to sell weed out of the liquor stores, which are government-run. And why should a medical patient have to go to a liquor store to get their medicine? Yeah, exactly. Have a doctor. They should have doctors there, you know? It's crazy to me. And it's all, you know, the government wants to figure out how to make as much money as they possibly can from it and control everything. So, I I mean, it's great that people are into the whole legalization and stuff, but the taxation and regulation, I think, is too much. Uh, It's It's a a plant. Well, (laughs) it's going to take something affordable that can do a lot and make it unaffordable and do a lot less. By the time it's all said and done, (laughs) I know, and a a lot of medical patients, it's way too expensive. Like, they can't afford to get a bottle of tincture three hundred dollars a week or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, I know, and making your own is so much cheaper. They just people should be able to if they need to. Yeah, absolutely, I a hundred percent agree. So now, here's a question because recently I started cooking myself. And I've noticed that the biggest problem that I'm having as far as it comes to when I start cooking is the expense through a local dealer. Mm -hmm. Is that the same situation everywhere around the country or is it just here in New York? (laughs) Well, it depends on where or what. I think it's way, 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 way cheaper to get uh, ounces where if you're close to a legal state. Okay. But if, like, so we're not close, but I can get $200 ounces here, which isn't bad. Yeah, that's not bad. That's half of what we pay here. It's 400 an ounce here. Well, and you know, because I think a lot of it comes from California, and so it's closer mm. here than it is in New York. And so people have to run it all the way over to New York. Um, so I think that's the reason why you guys have such high prices there. Um, but yeah I mean it's weird how different the prices are all over the country and the people that are growing are losing so much money because the 
price of a gram has dropped so much. Oh, yeah. You know, it's sad. All these little mom and pop growers aren't going to be able, it's not going to be sustainable if they can only sell an, a gram for like $3. <sighs> Imagine if you could buy a gram for $3. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, those legal safety tax. So wow. I, it's, uh, I want mom and pop growers to be able to do it. Otherwise, these big corporations, are, there's going to be like two growers in every state. And then like, it, I don't know. I, I, maybe there'll be a niche thing like the microbrew industry. I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or they're going to have... pay more, obviously, for the good stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, no, I don't think anybody would mind paying more. It's just, you know, here it's kind of like one day you get something great and the next day you don't and it's still the same price and it's way more yeah. than it should be and you know as far as like you know if I, I would be all for like little mom and pop companies coming up with their own strains and you know adding a higher price tag to it because they have to survive and I mean and if it's good I think people would totally pay but once those big yeah. companies come in there's no telling what's going to happen to those little companies anymore Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like it'll be a struggle, and it'll be there'll be a lot of growing pains. Yeah. Uh, but I would definitely support the smaller grow-outs, and I think a lot of people would because you just that's how it is with everything. If there's something that's like a artisan or you know that's not mass produced, people oh yeah that, are, that can they like to support that kind of stuff. So well, we all want to be a part of that exclusive club of. You know, finding that next little gem out there, I would think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, one more question for you. Can you share a recipe with us? It could be anything you want. Yes. All right. Um, this one's a little complicated, but um, I feel like everyone really, really, really loves gummies. Oh, yes. And... I'm on, there's a great, if anyone's interested, there's a really, really good um, edibles board on Reddit, and it's called Treatables. Okay. So it's T-R-E-E-D-I-B-L-E-S. Okay. And they have tons of awesome recipes every day, and people talking about it and asking questions and people giving directions and everything, so it's really cool community. Nice. Uh, but anyway, there's a lot of a million different uh, gummy recipes out there, and a lot of people have a problem with it because they use they use butter or oil. Okay. Which some people, I mean, you know, it's doable, but it's not the it separates or it bleeds or it doesn't taste very good. So what I do is uh, I use my tincture and I reduce that down and put it in some vegetable glycerin, like a teaspoon. Or a tablespoon of it. And that's what I use for my, instead of butter, you know? Okay. So anyway, the the recipe is, you need about, this makes about 30, 50 milligram gummies. And that's another thing is you can make stronger stuff yourself that you then need to find in the store, which is nice. You can control your dose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I know exactly how much my tincture is, like how many milligrams are in each ounce. So I use about 1,000 milligrams of THC. Okay. And then, um, okay, so I take two small packs of Jello, whatever flavor. 
Okay. Um, three unflavored packets of Knox, um, a quarter cup sugar, and a quarter cup corn syrup. That's for clarity. And sugar is actually, the added sugar helps them cure better. Okay. Um, I think it holds more moisture or something. And, and a quarter cup of cold water. And you put that, and then some, I put in some um, citric acid too to make it a little more sour. Okay. And you put you um, put the put all that in a pan, and then with the cold water and let it bloom for like ten minutes. All right. In the meantime, you're reducing the tincture. Add the vegetable glycerin once that's reduced, and then you mix. You heat up the gummy juice mm-hmm. until it's dissolved, and then you add it to the THC. Put it in your molds, and then. Put those in the fridge until they're set, and then you take them out of the molds, but then you need to put them back in the fridge for, like, three days. Oh, what? Three days? Yeah, and then that will make them not sticky. It'll make oh. them, like, actual gummies. Gotcha. And I think that people forget that part, and they package them right away, and then they're all a gooey mess. Yes. <laughs> so I've run into need, that. <laughs> yeah, so they need that real, you know, the three, four, even a week cure time in the fridge. So... But nice. everyone loves those, and they, they're great for on the go. You don't have to have, like, a cookie in your pocket. They're, they're not super fattening, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love being, like, the chubby kid walking around with cookies in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. <laughs> yeah, I hope that people can use that and start making their own medicine very cool like yeah when people start hearing about the things they can do they don't have to rely on the damn big pharma or their or anyone for that matter i mean once you can start making it yourself you're pretty self-sufficient i would say i know yep yep so hopefully i won't get arrested but (laughs) i'm not gonna tell anybody on you believe me i'm <laughs> okay, great. Thank you so much. It's really nice talking to you, and thanks for doing what you're doing. Oh my God! Please, thank you for doing what you're doing. If not, there'd be nothing for me to talk about. And there we have it. I thought that was fantastic. I mean, one of the, the the main thing that like stuck out for me was when she talked about how it helps people with diabetes and, you know, people with like the, the MS woman, yeah. the, like the woman who has MS that's like, you know, confined to a wheelchair and it helped a flare up from like she's been for the past five years she's been working with this woman and like her flare-ups have been reduced and that is so amazing because like she said every flare-up causes some sort of type of degeneration or you know something like it it causes something detrimental because it's just taking that whole just it's 
you know, I don't have the medical terminology, so I'll just say, but <laughs> we're I no just, experts. We're not experts. Not even close. Not even a doctor. Like we're not even pretending to be a doctor at this nah. point on TV. But like, I just think that that is so interesting because, especially like the diabetes things. Like I remember we mentioned to my mom about like the medical stuff, and it was like, no, I can't do that because I'm a diabetic. I can't do that because I'm a diabetic. And it's like, but there are things that you can do with whatever may ail you there's workarounds that you can do obviously chocolate is not going to be the best edible for you because you're a diabetic right but I mean I just think that that was just so interesting and it's just like what when you hear a story like this stopped a woman's flare-ups from MS like what more do you need to hear to consider the benefits of it well, it's weird because, I mean, look at the, you know, when we're looking at, like, things that happen, like, in the States as far as, like, laws and stuff like that, which I love talking to other people in, in other states, other states right. to find out, like, what's the situation with their laws. Right, and, like, what's the workaround? Right, because there's always a workaround. But, I mean, it seems like Minnesota has the same law structures that we have. We have um, 10 things that you can be treated for with medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we found, there are more things that are off that list that it helps me with than are on that list that helps me with. Like right now, like they're, the big thing that, you know, that they're treating me for with medical marijuana is weight loss. Right. That, and, and, and seriously, at the end of the day, it's like I really feel like I use it more for sleep than I do for weight loss. Sure, I yeah. use it more for anxiety than I do for weight loss. I use it more for um, – you know, depression than I do for weight loss. And those three things that I just mentioned are not legal uses of cannabis in New York State. But it does wonders. And it has gotten me off a bunch of medicines, just like it did for this woman who's on MS. Right. And it's kind of like, it does more than what you think it does. And I know you want to touch on the fact that it's strange. I mean, it's like a, there's like a certain age group that will always bring up gateway drug like that that's a it's term a, yeah, that yeah. always like, gets brought up with people like of our generation exactly and like is it our parents like are our parents the generation i mean like our parents are the generation above ours right like yeah. that's how it works yep. because yeah like and it's it is true because it's like oh marijuana is going to open up other things and yes i know people who have you know smoked marijuana and moved on to some really hardcore shit but those people i can count on one hands of all the people that i know or have known in my lifetime up until the point right now where i'm almost 41 years old and marijuana has been something that i've been aware of since i was 16 like you know 16 is the first time that i smoked it but you know you knew about it before that like you know you started hearing things about it and stuff right. like that but during that time like on a, on one hand i've been able to count how many people i've known that went on to do worse things and i mean those people were but those people were on a path of destruction regardless right. of what they were doing that was just the type of situation that they were in was they were going to self-destruct anyway. And marijuana just happened to be a thing that they tried. It was just but one moved of the many. on to other things. Right. Well, I think that because marijuana didn't give them like what they wanted. And that's why they moved on where most people get, get what they need, to get what that. Yeah. Or, or, or find the benefit in it if it's for them. And right. obviously those people didn't find a benefit in it or they would have stuck with it. And 
you know, in talking with the doctor when I first started, my biggest concern was because we have a very, very wide net of cancer in my family, mm-hmm. like of right. everything from breast cancer to colon cancer. I mean, even in the males, like to breast heart cancer. situations, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's so much cancer. And when the doctor first suggested try smoking, my big my, my biggest concern was, yeah, but I can get cancer from that because I know if I smoke cigarettes. I can get cancer from cigarettes, so right. why wouldn't I be able to smoke pot and get, you know, cancer right, from that right. as well? And the doctor was very, very upfront with it. The difference is this. You can smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. You cannot physically smoke that much marijuana in one day without passing out. From right, that. right. So she goes and says, you know, and, and that's just, you know, right now it's a myth. It's just another myth that, you know, it's cancer causing. You could, sure. I mean, you smoke every single day and every single night throughout the day. Sure. Yeah, you're gonna. But I mean, if you do anything to excess, that's that's what it is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And her things were: if you're an addict, you're an addict. Like it doesn't really make a difference if you try marijuana or alcohol or cigarettes or coke or whatever you want to try right and people go because you know they go to coke because they like the rush they like you know just like the crazed high that that can give you right. you know and heroin is a is a, a the next step above that where it's like some people just can't calm themselves down right. and and we know those people and we know <laughs> yeah we definitely definitely know those people and it's just like you like marijuana is never going to be enough for you because you need some sort of stimulation elsewhere. And right. s- marijuana is not a stimulator. No, it's it's a cure. It's a, it, it, and at the end of things, whether you realize it or not, even if you're using it for recreational use, you're using it for for a cure. You're using it to calm things down. You're using it to focus. Or just get high. Like getting high is a cure in and of itself too. It's like an es- yeah, it's a, it's an easy escape. Probably one of the most healthiest escapes as opposed to alcohol, alcohol or yeah. I mean, like I hardly I, I hardly drink like I, I really do. And I went like and I was somebody who very, very much liked to drink when I lived at home because that was what you did. Like that was just what the area called for. Absolutely. You know, and because it is an area, it's like a geographic thing as well. But honestly, I used to drink a lot. I used to drink a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot growing up. And then, like, at one point, I just said, I can't do this no more. And I stopped drinking. And then because of health reasons, right. I don't drink at all anymore. Right. But still, looking back on those days now, I don't miss waking up hungover or feeling like cotton mouth or right. headaches or nausea just or shit, all that yeah. stuff going on. And it's like... I don't get that from smoking. Yeah. And on the rare occasions when like I do go out and it's like, you know what? Tonight's going to be a drinking night because we're just going to bars or whatever, which doesn't happen often. But when it does, it's like, man, like I don't like it. Like I don't like it as much. Well, that's it. I mean, I feel like if you're going to do like an edible, you know, Mm -hmm. you get like a good four hour high out of an edible. And then when it's over, it's over. Right, yeah. Like you it's just, just yeah. done. And it's like you could decide to like, all right, well, now I'm going to go and with the, you know, the rest of my night and try to go to sleep or absolutely have another one. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, with Aaron, you know, you did, I felt like we it was very informative about, you know, what works for a whole different generation of people. Oh, yeah. You know, we're more like Sage was more about the 
internal benefits of like working with the actual product which I thought was really good so I really liked that you know Aaron touched on the actual benefits for real people who don't have access to the things that Sage's people have access to and I think that that's really important to discuss because you know there are a lot of states that do not have any laws or you know legalization or even plans right now to do anything with and they better hurry up because if you don't get your legalization in, there's no guarantee you're going to get your legalization in with the way things are going. Exactly. So, again, thank you very much to Erin. We are going to have links to all of her um, info info on our (laughs) site. Um, And, again, as we go forward, we'll definitely do more of these um, because I think that it's important to get rid of the stigma that's surrounding the subject right now. Absolutely. And, you know... It's it's so strange. One one small small last thing. I mean, because <laughs> you and I were talking about this right before, you know, we we went on air, and it was like, um, you know, we're in an age now where you and I are both to the point where we were like, man, I can't believe people are still drug testing for right. for for jobs and stuff like that. And it's to the point now where. It's almost backwards because so many people are starting to legalize, whether it be for medical or medicinal Mm -hmm. purposes. And then there are still these companies that just have the mentality of if you fail a drug test for THC, like you're not going to get hired from them. Right. And it's kind of like, how can you do that when I'm legal? And I just went through this not too long ago where I was, you know – talking to somebody about some freelance stuff, and the guy was like, this is great, I'd love to have you as a freelance designer, um, but I'm gonna need you to take a drug test first. And at that point in time, it's like, no man, I don't wanna work for you at this point in time. Right, exactly, yeah. You just came off as completely uneducated. If you looked at my work and saw what I can do, who and, gives a shit what you do to get yeah, yeah it's like i don't want to deal with you and i feel like as we go forward in this revolution um it's what it's going to be mm-hmm. and i feel like the more people that say i'm not afraid to come out because of the benefits of this the less people are going to be able to bully you into what you do in your personal life right exactly and having that bleed over into church and state quote-unquote that's it right exactly and that's the only point i wanted to make so if you have a point you would like to make please feel free to share it with us at highregardshow at gmail.com and of course you can check out our website and again all the links that erin had talked about during our show and whatnot will be there for you to check out um also you know check out erin's instagram page because you know, mural artistry is what she's known for. And as you will see in the photo on our page for this week's show, Erin actually did a mural for Fish, which is a pretty big up there deal. Right now. I mean, pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the counterculture. I mean, it's yes. huge. Yes. They're, they're a big, 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 big man. Yes. So again, thank you so much, Erin. We really appreciate it. And um, check out our website in the show description at highregardshow.com Jesus God will you stop talking so that I could talk about our social media which can be found at High Regard Show and you can also follow Kona our beautiful and wonderful studio manager who is passed out on Tom's sofa right now in my spot as the Kona persona alright everybody that will do it for us and we'll be back next week Good night.